six years ago to best friends had an idea, or a germ of an idea. An idea so small, they didn't know what it was. Uh, greetings and welcome to uh, Bears on Film, in which two white guys will give their opinion on stuff because the world doesn't have any of that. How are you, Billy? I'm not too bad. How are you, Toph? I'm doing well. Twenty episodes later, they realised it was an awful name. And so, a new name sprang from the ashes. What, uh, what will the show be called, Billy? So, going forward, the show will be called We Watched a Thing. Because we watch things. Because we watch things. Like any brand does when they feel they've become stale and It's garbage. like when Coke and became new Coke. It's like, yeah, rather than actually trying to improve in any way, we'll just rebrand it and hope <laughs> yeah. that people fall for it. Four years later, one friend left. But the other sold it on. We are, as you know, the mum and dad of We Watched a Thing. Uh, you can work out for yourself who's who. And... It's not up for discussion. It's not up for discussion, but it's not about you guys. It's nothing you guys have done. But we're sending you to the orphanarium. That's that's right. We we have decided it's medical science for the lot of you. Meanwhile, a plucky lad from Western Sydney had been listening and occasionally joining. And a year ago, he jumped aboard the floundering ship and we watched a thing. Brand new, newly minted co-host of the show, Mr. David Powell. How you doing, mate? I am good, my friend, and good to have you back. (laughs) And that pretty much brings us up to speed. So today, let's fucking party, bitches. We watch we watch Hello, everybody, and welcome to We Watched a Thing for the 300 and something time. It's our birthday show, mate. <laughs> Happy birthday, buddy. <laughs> All I did was make me realise how much I missed Topher. Come back tonight. <laughs> well, he has told me that he'll hop on for a Christmas episode again this year, so that'll oh, that'll, that'll be, be fun. Awesome. We've been throwing out some suggestions of what to watch, but um, yeah, we'll, we'll think of something. But but this isn't about Topher, ooh, mate. Ooh, Fuck Topher. Jungle, jungle Cruise. Jungle Cruise. <laughs> the movie that famously made him leave the show. <laughs> But, mate, uh, not only is this week the sixth birthday of We Watched a Thing, it's your one-year anniversary as well. What are the odds that you joined on an anniversary? That's amazing. That's it is. Fuck, that year's gone quickly. It sure has. Tell you what, your audio's improved a lot <laughs> listening back no, to that clip that, of your first appearance. Fuck, wasn't it? <laughs> but here we are. Thank you, all of you, for sticking with us for these six years, especially for sticking with me. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, you know, there was the year there where it was just me looking for guests every week and, you know, lining up different time zones. And then thank God Dave came aboard. And this is, it's just been a joy and a treat every week. So thank you to everyone. Thank you to Dave. Dave, and uh, yeah, happy birthday, mate. <laughs> yeah, no, it's amazing. But we're not here. Until, um, because we, we we changed providers, so we were we, we with the good folks at Podbean now. It yes. wasn't until I looked actually at the the new player, because there's now a new a, a funky player on the website where you can literally scroll through the entire archive. Yep. <laughs> I, I did. I went all the way back to the beginning and re-listened for the first, first oh, time since no. six years To ago. Justice League? <laughs> Well, not the whole thing because I was at work, but I, I it, it, it was weird hearing the little intro in <laughs> yeah. in, in that you put together just there because I literally 
48 hours ago. <laughs> I listened to that exact same thing. <laughs> yep. yep. Just for fun because I was like, oh, my God, you can go all the way to the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. It's good fun. <laughs> but we're not here to talk about us this week. Well, not, not mostly. We are going to talk about some movies. In fact, this is going to be a fairly movie-packed episode. We've got several things <laughs> to discuss, mate. <laughs> Because uh, mainly because you forgot what we were meant to do and went and I, saw other yeah, things. I was, yeah, I, sorry about that. So I'm we, old and I forget shit. So we <laughs> hadn't planned on doing this first film, Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, but luckily we both managed to see it. So why don't we start there? <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll start at the top and then, then, then go downhill from that. <laughs> All right. So Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes is a... 2023 American dystopian action film directed by Francis Lawrence from a screenplay by Michelle Leslie and Michael Arndt based on the 2020 novel The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, which I did not even know was a thing until this movie was coming out. Uh, serves as a prequel to the Hunger Games franchise and it's the fifth installment in the series overall. It stars Tom Blythe, Rachel Zegler, Peter Dinklage, Jason Schwartzman, Hunter Schaefer, Josh Andrus Rivera and Viola Davis. And what is it about, mate? Wish.com, Draco Malfoy <laughs> teams up with Snow White, um, attempts to forge a young love in trying times. Meanwhile, Peter Dinklage gets in their way and, <laughs> I don't know, Oprah Winfrey on meth <laughs> overshadows things. <laughs> All right. This, that pretty much sums it up. fucking bonkers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, let's get straight into it then. Uh, I don't think we've actually really spoken about this, but I know that you're a fan of uh, young adult stuff. I know you're a big CW watcher. You're into your Teen Wolf and stuff. Uh, I can caveat some good stuff. I can only like every piece of trash that gets trotted out for undiscerning. So I can only assume that you are the number one fan of the Hunger Games franchise. The Hunger Games, the Hunger Games trilogy is highly underrated. They are. Isn't it, three isn't it a quadrilogy? Aren't there four well, films? I was going to say, oh, did they, did they, they do a fucking Harry Potter and split? Because yeah. I, yeah. I was going to say fifth film, really? But you're right. Yeah, there was, um, yeah, Mockingjay 1, Mockingjay 2 or yeah. whatever the fuck it was. But um, all right. So th- that quadrilogy. Yeah. Uh, solid as fuck. They're all really good. Um, I'm sure that, I'm sure that I've films. seen all of them at some point. I may have only seen one or two. I, I actually can't remember. I don't have great memories of any Jennifer of Jennifer Lawrence is in them, I think. I remember, maybe it's the last one. I remember Jennifer Lawrence yelling at a cat. I just remember her losing her shit at a cat and being like, Prue is dead to this cat. <laughs> that is what one of the, yeah, one of the, the last couple where yeah. they're, they're kind of in a bunker and I think there's a, there might be a cat. Yeah, okay. So I'm, good films. I'm not a huge um, fan of The Hunger Games. I walked into this not only with, like, no expectations, kind of with low expectations. I was not expecting this to be a good movie at all. I saw it just because I had a couple of hours free, and I was like, hey, I love the movies. Let's go. So you missed the last half hour. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we'll get to the length because this is a long fucking <laughs> film. But yeah. let me preface our review with saying I was – pleasantly surprised with this film of as far as my memory goes this is the best of the franchise where are you on this um it, it is a good film um for the most part i well yeah there, there's a cup there are a few things that, that I, I think could be improved but it's it's 
it's in the same ballpark. It's equally solid. The most of the acting is pretty good. Yep. Production design, everything's all good. Same director, so you would expect it to be have a similar flavor, and I think it does. Yeah. Right. Yep. Cool. Well, let's start with the length because this movie is way too fucking long. <laughs> two hours, yes. 40 minutes. And not only is it too long, I think structurally and narratively it doesn't land. I read some really mixed things from Hunger Games fans. After I saw this, I hopped onto the Hunger Games subreddit because I was like, this is interesting. I'm curious what people think it is. And it seems really divided, even in terms of the book, as to how it was received by fans of the series. And I can totally see why. I loved the first two acts of this film. I actually thought they were really strong, really enjoyable. I don't like the third act at all. And it goes for so long and it just oh, it falls apart drags. for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's I, I wish I had had enough time to go and read up on, on the book and there were a few things where I was watching the film go and, and I found myself going, Oh, that's a fucking bad decision and then sort of thinking Oh shit! Well, maybe that was in the book. Maybe I should yeah. really, you know, the first time she sings, I thought, oh, "Fuck, that's on the nose." Just because you've got Rachel Ziegler no, in there doesn't so mean you I need was, to fucking poke I was reading that this is like I'm. I'm sure that you've read The Hobbit, and you know how many songs are in the book of The Hobbit. This apparently takes that to like the next level. Apparently, like there are pages oh, upon okay. pages of this book that are just song lyrics. So, so that's why they cast her. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Um, but I'm I'm with you. I was, I checked my watch thinking, oh, well, this is obviously where the film's going to end. Yeah. And and it's it's where he gets reassigned. Yes. And then you've got this whole, this whole fucking, and you're right, it just drags. Yeah. And I just, I, I actually and, stopped and, caring and, by that point. I felt like it did the film a disservice. And it's a shame because in some ways I understand where it's there because theoretically that final act is when all of the, quote unquote character development happens i don't have a great memory of the first three films but i understand that this guy is the villain in those well he's not just the villain he is almost evil personified yeah he is there are other sort of quote unquote kind of bad guys in in the initial for you know the, the jennifer lawrence run yeah who do bad things but they all have sort of depth and you can you, you don't sympathize with them but you can see where they're coming from they're either trying to survive or they're trying to you know whatever but donnie sutherland is fucking awful yeah yeah he, he and he gets worse as it goes on it the the premise of this film at well, slash book i found bizarre you know when it was announced because i was like how do you make a prequel where your main character is the he's not Darth Vader? He's fucking Palpatine. Yeah, right. Yeah. So how do you and and the prequel Palpatine still fucking evil? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. not like we start with him handing candy to kids and being all nice, and yeah. then you see his trajectory. You, I, it's very hard to start with someone sympathetic. Yeah. Knowing that you're going to end up. And and I don't think that I I don't think they manage that character no arc no at not all. at all I don't I it's, don't think that it's sort of it's this gentle arc where you sort of you know he's his um you could sort of buy into his uh, ambition given his childhood and they and yeah. you get like two seconds a snippet of that so you and, and you, they drip feed you I don't think enough to be honest of no. who his father was. 
that that I think is shortchanged. It it does help understand his trajectory, but you get this little bit of him his ambition vying with his humanity, and then suddenly in the last yeah. ten minutes, it's it's just this complete about face, which I think was. And and this is the writing. I don't and and yeah. presumably the book's the same. I don't think that's handled well at all. No, agreed. I I don't think there's any trajectory there at all. To be honest, I don't, I don't think that you can see a clear linear path from where this film begins to where it ends. I don't think that the character development is there, and that's why I don't think that half hour is necessary because that's where it's all supposed to happen. Really, up until then. The movie's a very soft kind of love story retreading of, you know, like that we've got the arena and the Hunger Games segment. And that for me is the bit that really worked in the movie. And then once he goes to her yeah. district and stuff, I just don't care about either of them by that point until the movie ends. Well, to be perfectly honest, I'm, I'm not a. I've spent most of the movie going, am I being unfair? Is Rachel Zegler actually good? And I, I came out the end of this film the same way I went in thinking, I just don't think she's a very good actress. So she's she, she's got quite a nice voice, and and I get that she's Disney would fucking love her. She's she's got the whole the Disney look and the Disney type of voice, and I understand. God, I understand why she's in fucking Snow White or whichever one. Yeah, so that's in, that the only thing inappropriate comments about. Yeah, um, but I, I just didn't that she alternated between having moments where I thought. Oh, you're actually kind of landing emotional beats of this. It's it's subtle, it's well done, but then she went back to overacting, and I just didn't buy it at all. I thought he was good. She actually surprised me quite a bit. I have not seen her in anything. The only thing I know her from is press stuff for Snow White, uh, which people now hate her for because she just keeps bagging out Snow White. Oh, and it's like, well, why are you oh. doing this? That's the only thing I know her from. I've I've not seen West Side Story. I'm assuming that she's predominantly a singer, right? And that's why she was cast in West Side Story. Like my understanding is she was I, maybe like a YouTuber or something. I I I don't know her background. Um, I assumed I'd forgot. Actually, I'd actually forgotten that she was West Side Story because I I watched about ten minutes of that new West Side Story and went, this is just fucking awful and turned it off. Yeah, right. Um, but I I actually assumed she'd come out of the Disney stable because yeah, okay. everything about her screams Disney, Disney, <laughs> yeah. Disney well, actress. She actually surprised me in this film. I actually quite liked her and she was a big part of what made those first two acts work for me. I think that they had a good chemistry together. I think that, I yeah, in spite of the kind of – scenes where I thought she wasn't acting particularly. I think she and he had good chemistry and I liked him a lot. I thought he was very good. I don't know. Yeah. Not, I don't know that I've seen him in anything, but no, um, no, same. I, I, I thought, I thought he was actually very good. Yeah. Um, I think the movie needed more Peter Dinklage personally. I think that the <laughs> most, I mean, firstly, he's just fan fucking tastic, but I think yeah. that the most emotional beat in the entire film comes right towards the end when, hundred uh, percent, when Snow is talking to Dinklage, and he's basically admitting how much he hates the Hunger Games and he hates that it has become a thing that he is that associated was the most with. In, yeah, I. 100 That's the most interesting bit of the film, and I'd love to see more of that side of things rather than the bullshit that we follow in the last act of this film. <laughs> yeah, that 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 reveal where. It's like your father was an asshole, and he's the reason we've got these horrible things. Not me. I was trying to shut it down all this time. Yes. Um. That was that was, yeah. One of one of the best moments in the film, and yeah. and I agree, he was fantastic. Viola Davis, on the other hand, 
Yeah. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Has anyone chewed more scenery in the last 20 <laughs> fucking years? Her, her character was ridiculous. She certainly is chewing some scenery in this film. I, I don't she, understand. To the point where I, I did not believe her character would exist in this world. Well, that, she's too over the top. I'd love to talk about the world building with you because, like I said, I'm not a I'm not a fan of the Hunger Games. I don't remember them much. I don't understand what this world is. It's always confused me. The garb that they wear and the hairstyles and stuff. I don't know what the fuck is going on with this universe and how that's part of the world building. And I was hoping that this movie might explain some of that, and it, it doesn't at all. So we're only ten years into the history of the Hunger Games in this film. But, you know, for someone like me who has no memories of the last, you know, four films, I, I couldn't tell you why there's Hunger Games. I don't know what the – I'm assuming – was it a civil war? I don't know what's so going on was, here. Um, it, it seems really underfleshed as far as I'm concerned. It all seems like a rough I, excuse to have the, quote-unquote, Hunger Games. <laughs> it's from memory, and I don't, I don't know that it's as well-fleshed out as it probably is in the books, but – they're sort of out of the ashes of huge civil war with all these various districts and etc. The Hunger Games was created as a a way to both subjugate all of the various districts by sort of in, enforcing the iron fist of the Big Brother, yeah, um, capital. But also as a distraction, I think by by making them into this, you know, the ultimate sport, the ultimate spectacle, where everyone roots for each each district is rooting for their two tributes, and yeah. everyone gets behind their favorite. It became um, kind of like a Super Bowl sort of thing. Well, and that's and the bit of this film I like. Distracts the best. people. Distracts people from the shitty disparity in wealth and all the yeah, rest of right. it. And, and, I, and I find that quite an interesting world that she's created. Yeah. And I think the production designers have done a great job. I mean, not just on the first four films, because I think the costuming and everything, everything about the design of those films is really, really top notch. The, you've got the capital who are wealthy to the point of, insanity that want for nothing it's like ancient rome they're they're just lolling about feeding each other grapes indulging in debauchery whatever you know entertainment they want you know and so the the costuming everything is ludicrous they look ridiculous there's too much makeup you've got elizabeth banks with you know six inch long eyelashes and i that all if you if you saw a still from the film, it looks ridiculous. But when you think about, well, look how ridiculous high fashion is now. Yeah, yeah. Take that to the nth degree, and yes, they would be wearing these ridiculous outfits, ridiculous hairstyles, ridiculous makeup. I think they did a great job in this film of taking that and kind of toning it back forty percent to show the progression. Showing, yeah, where yeah. It, it you know we're not quite there yet, but you can still see the. You know, you've got um, the, the beautiful costuming of the people in the capital. Yeah. Um, even the ones like Snow's family who have no money, but they're still trying to live at that level that they were once at. And then you've got the districts who are 
living in squalor. They're mining. They're yeah, yeah. You know, they're they're in they're in mud and they're in just regular clothes because they're not bored enough to just make up new ways of dressing and adorning yeah. themselves. They're too busy trying to survive. I agree. The production design is great, and in fact, the overall look of the film is great. This is a nicely put together film. It's it's shot really well. It's edited really well. The production design's great. I just wish the story was stronger because I agree with you. My favorite bit, not only is it those first two acts, this is going to sound weird. It's, it's like the money ball aspect of those first two acts. It's, <laughs> it's the commercialization of the games and how that comes about and how that's implemented. That's what I found most interesting about this movie is like, you know, when, when they're putting his ideas into effect where, you know, like you can donate to your favorite, you know, participant and like uh, that to me is easily the strongest part of this film. Yeah, I, I agree. The, the, the Hunger Games part, yeah, that's what we're there for. That was, that was interesting. It was interesting seeing those games from a different aspect because you're, you're now looking at it from yes. the point of view of a mentor. Um, so you kind of threw Woody Harrelson's eyes in the in the initial in the yeah. first film, um, but with this weird knowledge that by the end of the film you're going to hate this guy because yeah. he is the main character. It's not her. Oh yeah, hundred percent, it's him. Yes, you're, 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 everything is through his eyes, and so I, I found his trajectory interesting up until the point where it just became ridiculous. It's like they got two hours in and went. Fuck, we forgot to turn yeah. him into the asshole. Yeah, it we is. We need to do it, that it in the next like 10 that. minutes. Yes, 100%. Shave his head. Everyone fucking hates a guy in a buzz cut. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, yeah. And even by then, look, I, I, like I said, I don't remember how evil he is in the late, you know, the the, the originals. But uh, I don't think he even gets all that evil it, at the end of this one. Like, you know, no, I think he, he does some bad things. But, yeah, for the most part, you can almost not. I mean, you can't justify it, but you can understand no, his, his he, what he's doing still. He, he's you can see him selling his soul and, and knowing like you see him weeping about it when um, his best mate gets hanged. Yeah. You, you know, knowing he turned him in. You, you can see him sort of selling his soul, hating himself for doing it, but not seeing any other way. He wants to get back to his family. He wants yep. to protect uh, Lucy Gray or whatever her name is. Oh my god! It, it, just, just say the first part of that name. I'm so <laughs> the, the entire it, people yep. do not say each other's names that often in real life. Can you imagine if you and I were sitting here having wasn't this her conversation? Last name. No, no, like, no. I know, I know. But she, even she was like a. Mary Beth. Yeah, but, she, she even put on a southern twang even, even though she was meant to be a first names. Can you imagine if you and I were doing this show and at the end of every sentence, David, I said David. It's not how people speak, David. I, I feel like, like I'm David, it's not how people Ew, speak. David. <laughs> it's not how people speak. But in this fucking movie, every fucking sentence is Lucy Gray. Lucy Gray. Lucy Gray. What are you doing, Lucy Gray? Lucy Gray. It's like it would be bad enough if it was and just And every time Lucy, anyone spoke, but, anytime his family spoke to him, I thought they were talking about the oh. Adele sequence choreo <laughs> yeah. excuse me choreo yeah. yeah oh man yeah that was poorly written <laughs> yeah but viola davis jesus christ oh. oh she was dreadful and she can act i, I actually but didn't this, mind it like oh. it, it was a choice it was a choice and she was swinging for it but i i kind of felt like in in this universe and in this context it 
it kind of worked. It was okay. Like it's definitely over the top and it's it's a choice that she's made. But I, 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 I was all right with I, it. It, it. In no way did I ever believe that this fucking psychopathic comic book villain oh, yeah. Yeah, would, yeah. would ever be put in place in this position. It wasn't yeah, she just is the, the most the, evil the, person the, in the The weird film. eye, the crazy hair, the ridiculous costume. Outfits with the long rubber gloves and everything. The the giant walls with bottles of yeah, like mutated fetuses and but yeah, just for fun, a giant tub, you know, nine foot tall thing with ten thousand poisonous snakes. (laughs) At what point does the (laughs) the because the president guy, like Snow's best mate's dad, who is the president of you know the capital, the big, yeah. the big dog, who we never really see. Yeah, never. Um, other than briefly, but we did see him briefly. He looked like a normal guy. Yeah, yeah. How was he going? Put Maleficent in charge of everything. Yeah, but that's why I didn't hate Viola Davis in the film because it's a bad character to begin with. It's badly written. It's badly constructed, and I think I, she was I just kind of having fun with act- it. I don't think she acted it badly. Yeah. She was ridiculously over the top, but it was obviously on the page like that. Yes, she yeah. didn't come into come into the set one day with a normal costume and go. Do you know what I'm feeling for this character? How many how many snakes can you get me in a giant tub? Yeah, yeah. Can we have some jars of fetuses as yeah. I as I walk down this promenade? And that that was all on the page, and she's just run with it. So it's, it's it, you know, yeah. But yeah, that character was fucking terrible. Yeah. <laughs> All right, all in all, how are you scoring Hunger Games' Ballad of Snakes and Songbirds or Songbirds and Snakes, whichever one it is? <laughs> oh, look. I think I'm a seven. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I think that's totally fair. I'm a seven like, as almost, well. Almost a seven and a half. Yep, same. But I think that I think that the pacing and that weird drop-off at the end and, yeah. and, the, and the, everything kind of kills it. But production design... I was invested the whole way through. I really liked him as our main character right up until that weird yeah. sort of very last act. Um, oh, one thing that – the other thing that stops it being seven and a half, how fucking on the nose was it? I mean, I, I didn't have a problem with them going, oh, yeah, that bird, it's called a Mockingjay. Oh. Like, oh, God, really? Do you have to do that? But then when she said – pulls the fucking – gets given a weed and she goes, oh, it's called Swamp Potato, but I like its other name, Katniss. Oh, Fuck yeah. off! Oh, I almost walked out of the fucking cinema. Yeah, I'm. There I'm, is no reason for that's worse than saying the name of the movie. I'm also uh, I, seven. I, it would have been. It wouldn't have been not as on the nose as that if he yeah. had said, "You know our love story." It's almost like a ballad of songbirds. <laughs> oh my god! Oh man, he totally may as well have. To be honest. Yeah, I, I, I'm not going to lie. I was almost an eight on this film. For those first, you know, hour 45, those first oh, two if segments. It st- if it had stopped when he got, yep, uh, we, we're going to send you to eight. Oh, please, here, yep. bribe you, send me to 12. End it. So you yes. don't know whether he finds her or not. 100%. The final segment. Admi- admittedly, you'd sort of go, how the fuck does that guy become the villain? Yeah. But uh, I think it, in in its as a standalone th- entity, yeah. it would have been a much better film. Yeah. The final segment almost made me bring it down to a six. So I'm going to land in the middle there and say it's a seven. So, yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, One more film that we've both seen this week is Five Nights at Freddy's. With FNAF. Kind of set 
things on fire a lot more than I expected it to. Uh, 2023 American supernatural horror film based on the video game series of the same name, created by Scott Cawthorn, directed by Emma Tammy, who co-wrote the screenplay with Cawthorn and Seth Cutterback. It stars Josh Hutchison, Elizabeth Lale, Piper Rubio, Mary Stuart Masterson, and Matthew Lillard. And what is it about, Dave? some game that I had no knowledge of. <laughs> yeah. It's it, Willy's Wonderland, but apparently came first. Yep. Guy who likes to sleep a lot, can't hold down a job, but gets a job as a security guard at a place that's been shut down for years. So doesn't really need a security guard. Um, and there's animatronics and they might be possessed by the souls of dead children who've been killed by a serial killer who may or may not coincidentally have been the one who abducted his brother at a young age. Yep. Yeah. So despite being pretty critically panned, this did so much better at the box office than I expected. Uh, did you? Oh, it, it did what I expected. This really? franchise is one of those. This is like fucking Pokemon. This Film franchise, had the second best day and date opening weekend ever ever <laughs> like, I, because there has never been a film of this franchise and the franchise has been around for years now and i don't know why but it's 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 one of the biggest in in that sort of yeah pre pre-tween sort of right all three of my kids even ayla who's 15 and should know better was gagging to see this film <laughs> she's never played the games but yeah, for some right. reason they all fu- just is aware all, of it. None it's of none of my kids have played any of the games. They all know the franchise back to front. They know the characters. They've googled them. Really? They know the fucking backstory, right. such as it is. Wow. I it, I don't get it. I, I nothing. I, I, knew I can't it was even a put game. myself I'd back in a childhood it. frame. I, I I don't understand why yeah. this franchise is is so big. There's so nothing to it. I did find this really interesting, though. <clears throat> I, again, I haven't played the game at all, but I was reading about its creation. Uh, Scott Cawthorn, who created the game. He was ma- sucks. he was making Christian games. He he was a like a Christian game maker, and he made this game about these animals. and And everyone was like, "They are the worst looking fucking animals ever. They are terrifying." Like he, he apparently it just looked like fucking shit. Like it was this Christian game about these like friendly animals, but they were so scary that everyone if was like, "That is that awful." Are in, that are in the game in this film. Well, I can understand it because they don't. They look evil. Yeah, then that's where the that's where Five Nights at Freddy's came from. He was like, "All right, well, if everyone says these things are scary, I've got these animals. I'll make <laughs> I'll make a horror game." And I found that so fascinating <laughs> that that's the history of this franchise. I mean, my hat is off. I mean, this guy's like Eastman and the Turtles. He yeah. he took something that on paper no one else would have seen the potential of, and he's. You know, I mean, the guy has to, must be a multi-millionaire by now because this yeah. thing is off the chain. So, and and the game is garbage. <laughs> Out of curiosity, I went and looked for the game, and uh, I mean, uh, the kids tell me that later games, as they got more money, yeah. became more like games. Yeah, because it's a but it's a first, real point and click thing, isn't it? Like you, the first few, you are literally you never leave the security guard's office and you have a little map of all the rooms and you click on the different rooms and it shows you the CCTV thing. Yeah, right. And you control, um, from memory, you control the doors on either side of the security room yeah. and you control uh, the lights. But yeah. for some reason you have a limited supply of electricity because that's how electricity works. <laughs> you only get a certain amount and then it runs out. 
And so you can only open the doors or turn the lights on. and You can only have the lights on for a certain amount of time in total before 6 a.m. Yeah. Or whenever your shift ends. And if the doors open and the lights are out, I think they can kill you or something. So it's it's it, like it's a it's the sort of thing you would learn on year one coding. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's all, you know, bullion, yes, no, you know, is the light on, is it off, is the door open, is it closed, yes, is it yeah. on this? It's, it's really fucking basic. How that premise of a game resonated with the age demographic that this is targeted at. Yeah. That disparity I do not understand. I, I mean, it makes sense to me, I guess, because being that age demographic, they're, I mean, I, I don't know, they're probably too young for actual horror games like say resident evil or you know last of us the, so i guess the, I, it's it's jump scares when you when you die yeah you literally get the face of one of these yeah things yeah going, so it's screen, it's so. like you know it's like how <clears throat> goosebumps took off like it did because it's it's horror for kids who are too young for horror story. oh look i love goosebumps so in fact i've started re-watching yeah. the 90s series with my daughter but, um, <laughs> yeah. but you know, like I can, I can understand how a premise like that took off, like a horror game for you know people who are too young for horror, because there if really it, hasn't. I been could understand like that if before. if it was like um, old school Doom, yeah, like yeah, yeah. really rudimentary, yeah. but you're actually playing and you're doing something. Yeah, this is just. Clicking a camera, clicking a room, <laughs> clicking a camera, clicking a room, open a door. I'd imagine door. it must I be a short it. game though, because my understanding of the game is it literally is there's five nights, and I guess I don't know how long each night lasts for, maybe like 20, like, 30 minutes I, or I, something. I, I, I went to watch it. There's no way I'm going to fucking play this. I went and, and I looked at a couple of YouTube videos of gameplay and just went, I was, I was literally scrubbing through like a two or three hour YouTube video <laughs> yeah. going, is it, it? Am I buffering? Yeah, yeah. The screen hasn't changed. <laughs> There's three hours of staring at this one wall of CCTV, and it's all grainy black and white. Yeah. What child is doing this? Well, let's <laughs> let's talk the movie then. Um, yeah, it's, it's not much different. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was actually surprised. I liked this oh, movie no, way don't. more than I thought I would. <laughs> <laughs> I did. This movie's Look, trash. I'm not saying it's good. It's not a good movie. But what surprised no. me was how seriously the movie takes itself. Like, you know, that from, is true. from the premise that it has, and I think, and I'll use this phrase again later in this episode, I think that the movie's biggest strength is also its biggest weakness. I think its biggest strength is that it takes itself seriously and it gives itself a proper narrative and it tries to give itself some weight and drama to it. And I think that that's also its biggest weakness because I think realistically this should have just been a ridiculous, gory, fun romp. And I get that there's no gore because it's obviously aimed for tweens and children and stuff. But with a premise like this, that's what it should have been. This should have been, you know, Willy's fucking Wonderland. But instead what we get is is not really aimed for tweens either because it's it's trying to give itself so much dramatic weight and we spend so much time following this security guard and his struggles and you know what I mean? Like it's... Oh, the, the, the plot <laughs> of this movie is fucking ridiculous. The, the, the script is daft at, at best. Where I, I, I agree with you mostly. I think the thing that would have made this work is for the cast and, and that they have a good cast. Josh Hutchison is a good actor. Yeah. Elizabeth Lyle, I love. Lillard is a good, highly underrated actor. Yeah. 
Mary Stuart Masterson. Fuck me. Haven't seen her in about 30 <laughs> years, but wow, that was wonderful. They're all good actors and they were taking it seriously and I think they should have been. But I think the director and everyone else should have known what they were doing. Yeah. I think that's where it would have worked is if the cast were treating it like a good movie as they were, but the rest of the production should have known that there's no way you can take this shit seriously. It's fucking ridiculous. And that they should have been making it funny, but with a straight cast. And I think that might have worked. Yeah. I think everyone playing it silly would have been just ridiculous. It would, would yeah. just be yeah. crap. And I think everyone taking it seriously doesn't work because at its heart, the premise is fucking stupid. Yeah, well, I mean, my biggest problem and the, with the And the, film, script, the script is fucking terrible. It, oh, it is, yeah. It's not It's not a well-written movie. My biggest problem with the movie is actually the animatronics. They're not, they're not interesting. They're not scary. They don't do anything. <laughs> like, I just, I no. didn't understand it. Like, they don't do like, anything. <laughs> is this a horror movie? Yeah. Or is it not? And if it's a horror movie, why do we get two-thirds of the way through it and then- we're sympathising with them. We know they're well, not bad or evil or yeah. anything. And we know who the bad guy's going to be because it's the only other fucking member of the cast that you've introduced. So yeah. who's the killer going to be? Well, it's not going to be fucking Mary Stuart Masterson. Yeah, There's only one other member of the entire cast. Yeah, Obviously, he's the serial killer. What a surprise. Yeah, That was the, the least surprising reveal in the history of cinema. Yeah. Yeah, I just found it uninteresting. Like a premise like this, it's either got to be scary or funny or ideally both. And this movie doesn't actually swing for either of those. It doesn't try no. to be scary. It doesn't try to be funny. It tries to and be I th- I, quite to a be serious honest, I don't, film. I don't know that you can be funny with this when your premise is a serial killer who's also a child murderer who is trapped. Oh. Not just the not just the spirits. But the actual corpses of children inside these animatronics. I reckon you can still find a way to play with that. I mean, not not at the audience that this is targeted at. This franchise yes, is and not, that's the if, problem. If this was that's an adult film, you could go dark as fuck yes. and 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 get there. But with the audience that this is at, and uh, I mean, this obviously goes back to the source material. I'm sure this wasn't created for the film. This is. But I, I don't know that the source material would have gone into the detail of having the snapping cages and the corpses inside them. It was probably just ghosts of children yeah, or something. Yes, you know, and I think you're right. That's that, the problem. That could have been funny, but snapping cages and broken corpses of young children trapped inside these things while they decay is a bit dark to be treated comedically. But it's also not going for horror. That's that's my no. problem. Yeah. No. Well, you. you not even goosebumps level horror. There's there's no, no, no horror yeah, in this at all. You're absolutely right. It's not even yeah, yeah. Look, I'm. I, I, I need to say we're not the audience, no. and I, I do need to say all three of my kids came out of this, and I expected them to go. Oh, geez, that was disappointing. I said, did you like it? They were beaming from ear to fucking yeah, ear, and right. they said, I loved it. It wow. was amazing. Do you think and part said, of that is the I whole like, you were kid trying to fit in I thing? I fucking am ashamed to be your father right now. Do you think part of that is a little bit the whole like kids trying to fit in thing? Like they know their friends are going to be talking about it, so they want to say no. it was good. No? no. You think I that think, would be genuine? I think, I think it's literally just we have known and kind of invested in this franchise for yeah, realistically at least five years, even for the 11-year-olds. And we've finally been given a big screen experience of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm I'm struggling to think of an analogy from 
but uh, you know, it's, it's unfair because the movie itself is good. But in '77, when I saw Superman the movie, yeah, yeah, or if, that like the Mario been, movie this I, year. All right, okay, I could have said no because that was <laughs> even Anya couldn't save that, and she could fucking save anything. Um, if if uh, I reckon at the age because I was only five or six when I saw Superman yeah. in the cinema. And that changed my life. I, I believed that he was flying on screen. Yeah. But that could have been Superman 3. Yeah, yeah. I and know I what reckon you're at that age, it I would have still yeah. gone, oh, my God, it's... It's, it's the character you nine, love on it. Yeah. 15 feet tall, it's on the big screen. Uh, I don't. My, my tiny brain can't process how awesome this is. I get that. I get that. And I, I, think, I think it's that. I think it's this franchise. And... I, 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 they were never really into Pokemon, but I reckon kids that were mad on Pokemon would have seen like Detective Pikachu or, or yeah, something and yeah, gone, yeah. oh, my God, it's live-action Pokemon. Yes. I've only ever seen them as shitty I, anime. I'm not going to lie. I was a little bit like that. <laughs> I'm just at that <laughs> age where Pokemon was like everything when I was a kid. And I was not one of the kids who was crazy into it, but I still got a real kind of kick out of seeing Detective Pikachu on the big screen. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look, uh, yeah, I, I was sitting uh, – uh, I was watching it going, God, this is tripe. Um, but but there was still something cool about yeah. Pikachu. And I was, I'm not even of the Pokemon. Yeah. I, I never played Pokemon. I never had um, Nintendo DS or any of the Game Boy or anything. So I yeah. never actually played the games. Yeah. But um, even even I was sort of like, oh, this is kind of cool. Oh, you too. Um, yeah, but oh, fuck, this was. <laughs> So how are you scoring it? Because let me be clear: when I oh, said when I said I liked this movie, what I meant is I liked it more than I was it's expecting. It's, it's a five Mary, for poor me. Poor old Mary Stuart. Mar- I mean, at the end of this film, Josh Hutchison, who generously speaking sleeps through ninety percent of this film, yeah, he has got a dead sister-in-law in his house, a dead career advisor guy that he was probably the last person on paper meeting with yep. in the place that he was the security guard of and a police officer in a coma yeah, <laughs> who was also with him. He is fucked. Yeah. <laughs> he is losing his kid. That's it. He's going to jail. How the, oh, by the way, how Mary Stuart Masterson died. How did a fucking animatronic get to his house? Yeah, I wondered that actually, and then it was so stupid because then when they, when you know, and the animatronic and the girl get in the, the cab, cab driver, back, yeah, cab driver's fucking chilled as which he is, must have been. Which is the one kind of <laughs> one kind of gag in the film is is the the cab bit. Uh, but yeah, I was like, well, how did he get here? He must have caught a cab here, right? <laughs> like, with, with, without the girl, yeah, yeah, just by himself, yeah. Can I, can I tap? I don't have cash. It was, it was dumb. <laughs> it was real dumb. Yeah. It was fucking awful. Yeah. So I, this I'm is like a, a... Sorry, you go. Go on. No, no, no. You go first. I, I'm, a, I'm a five, <laughs> which is better than wow. I thought I was going to be. I was expecting this to be like a two or three. And I think maybe expectations played into it there because you'd already seen it and told me it was shit. I'd heard lots of people say it was shit. And I was like, look, it's not a good movie, but it wasn't as bad as I was expecting. So I'm a five. Oh, look, I think I gave Willy's Wonderland like, one and a half or two, so this is a th- this is a three. Yeah, it's significantly better, but it's still utter garbage. Yeah, it's terrible, and that's no slight on 
any of the because this is a cast of people that I genuinely like to watch. Yeah, but the writing and everything else is so bad that <laughs> you know if I want to see Josh Hutchison, I'll just go and rewatch Future Man. I, d- I don't need this in my life. <laughs> All right, finally, because I actually did see the movie that we yeah, told people we were going to see this week. I was so week. excited. I want to hear about it. <laughs> well, I, I won't get into spoilers. Let's just do, let's just no, do a spoiler-free. I, <laughs> I don't care about spoilers. This is not a mystery film. It's a fucking horror. I don't you know care what? about spoilers it, on most It films. actually is a mystery film. So let's get into it. Thanksgiving is a 2023 American slasher film directed by Eli Roth from a screenplay written by Jeff Rendell and a story by Roth and Rendell. Uh, it's based on the mock trailer of the same name from Grindhouse 2007. Same oh, place. Wow. That, oh, did you not know that? No, oh. I, I haven't watched. I haven't watched the, the Grindhouse films in right. Same God, place, of course, years. that uh, Machete came from, and Hobo uh, with a shotgun. Hobo with a shotgun. Yeah. So this is another one of those. It's the fourth feature. Oh, okay. Well, that explains from well, the because I, I had I didn't real I'd seen the trailer, thought it looked actually surprisingly good for what it was yeah i did not realize it was eli roth who i am not a fucking fan of right okay and it stars patrick dempsey addison ray milo Mannheim, jalen thomas brooks knee nel Velak, rick hoffman and gina gershon and oh it nice. really is an old school slasher film this really is as close as you can get to an 80s 90s slasher today and well, it for makes that, sense now that i know it literally is yeah that's what it is it's well, it's Come out of a mock trailer for, yeah, for yeah, that yeah, sort yeah. of film. And for that, I for that I fucking loved it because you know how much I love a slasher. And mm. it's interesting. This movie really is. It's like a mix of 80s and 90s. Like it's very uh, 80s in its kind of style and gore and everything. But the closest I can equivalent this movie to is actually Scream. It's very... Um, 90s slasher it follows a group of young teens there's a mystery about who the killer is that you don't find out till the end so i think is it it self-aware like that or is it actually just the thing that scream is kind of yeah it's not self-aware it is the thing that scream is parodying and that is actually my biggest issue with the film similar to what i said about five nights at freddy's especially knowing that this is a adaptation of a trailer from grindhouse (laughs) And when you watch you the original trailer, it to be a parody. You well, you expect it to at least have some level of cheese and and fun about yeah. it. And like the movie's fun, like the gore is fun. If you're like you and me who likes gore, like there's some really great kills in here that are fun. But the movie on a whole is takes itself very seriously, um, which is a strange move for a movie like this. Uh, so look, I liked it a lot. The opening, the cold open is effectively a drama piece. So what happens is there's a, a massacre on Black Friday, not, not like a slasher massacre, like, you know, a Black Friday trampling at a mall. And so the entire first kind of 25 minutes is, is that segment, which is very kind of drama filled. And sure, there's some great kind of gore there, like a woman gets, you know, trolley runs over her hair and she pulls her scalp off and stuff like that but for the most part it's played quite harshly um and then you know the killer is kind of enacting his revenge based on what happened in this kind of you know awful tragedy on thanksgiving night and so like when the movie is fun it's fun but i just think it takes itself too seriously for what it is and i wish that it leaned into 
the cheese of what it's doing a bit more, like the original trailer did, rather than trying to be a straight horror slasher movie. Like, yeah, that's my biggest issue with it. That said, I had a hell of a lot of fun with this movie. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I I don't know. I reckon you would. It's easily the the most I've liked Eli Roth. I've never liked I, I have I do not understand why he is known as a name in horror because I don't think he's made a good horror movie in his entire career. No, I I think I, mostly he I, makes I, gore I, and he, he he is one of the biggest proponents of the, or the reason why we have torture porn, which yes. I have I have zero 100%. time for. I I don't like the hostile films. 100%. I, I think I they, agree they have you. no reason for existing. And I didn't. I didn't even think Cabin Fever was very good. No. And that's kind of what put him on the map. So I, I don't understand why he has this presence and, and, and reputation as kind of a yeah. leading horror guy because I don't think he's ever done a good horror movie in his life. I the think, best thing he's done his entire career was acting in Glorious <laughs> Bastards. I think you'll appreciate this then because this is actually a horror film. Like I said, it's a very straightforward slasher film. It's really throwing back and homaging to slashers of the 80s and 90s. It has a real story, a real structure. Like when there is gore, it's there. But I, I don't think this is anywhere near as gory as any of his other films. There's there's maybe two kills well, that are gory, uh, but... I will say, actually, I tell a lie. You know what? He has made a good film. He di- Didn't he direct The House with the Clock in Its Walls with Jack Black? He, did he really? I think he did. <laughs> that- Unless I miss her. It suddenly popped into my... I think he did. I remember being surprised and thinking... Really? Eli he, Roth? He, he did. He did. He directed that. Yeah. Yeah. So he he has done a good film. So I, I will see this now. I did like I did think the trailer looked promising. It's I, worth I, a watch. It was very I'm not, disappointing. I'm when not I gonna spoil it, him, it. But um I'm not gonna spoil it for you because I do think this is worth a watch. And especially look, I'm not recommending it to everybody. You you know whether you'll be the kind of person who wants to watch this movie. It's an R-rated oh, look, slasher the, film. I, I came out of it the, 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 you know. seeing the, the trailer going, that genuinely looks better than average yeah. for that genre. So I, I do want to see it. And if I just I wish it was more fun. But this episode, I would have, I would have already <laughs> seen it. I'm still um, landing on a seven. <laughs> like, I just wish it was more fun. That's high. Yeah, it, it's, it's a really enjoyable movie. Like, I, I'm going to have it quite high at the end of this year in terms of, you know, my favourite movies I've watched. It's not going to make top five. I'm not going to lie. It might make top ten at this point. I enjoyed it. So I would recommend checking it out. I just wish it lent into the cheese a bit more. But Yeah. yeah, I mean, it sounds like, yeah, a better director would have worked. But I I, I will see it. I'll report back next week. All right. I'm keen. Well. Um, And you've you've got to get to it. should say, it might be hard to find. It took me a bit of searching to find a cinema playing it, but I did. <laughs> I didn't get to the film I was supposed to get to, but I did get to um, Saltburn, the new Emerald Fennell. Oh, I love film. Emerald Fennell. Um, you know what a huge fan I was of Promising Young Woman. Um, yeah, that was my favourite film of the year, and I'd been looking forward to this. I'd heard her interviewed on the BBC, and I knew it was. A very dark comedy. Yeah. 
Um, it had Barry Keegan, who we I know we're both huge fans of. Love him, yeah. Um, no Richard one eats e. spaghetti like him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Richard E. Grant, uh, Rosamund Pike. It, it's a, it's a um, Jacob Elordi. It's a, it's a really good cast. It's a dark, dark fucking comedy. Shades of sort of talented Mr. Ripley. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that that sort of a you know guy poor guy from a poor background. Um, you know, desperately trying to work his way into a well-to-do family. Um, it really showcases just how fucking beautiful part of the world Oxford is. Yeah. It's, it's stun- it, the, the direction, it's stunningly made. You would love it. You need to go and see. Maybe Salt we Burn. should do that next week. If you can get, if you can get, I mean, check the, check Dendy and places it. It's, um, my none of my readings, none of the readings were playing it. None of the Hoyts were playing it. Yeah, I did find it in one of the event cinemas, but uh, that was the only one out near me. A- anything else, I would have had to drive all an yeah. hour into the city. It is, so it is showing weird. at my local. I don't Dendi. know why it's why it's not more widely shown when it's her next film I'm, after Promising yeah, a Woman. It is it's, showing at my local. And, and and it's got a big a big cast. I mean, if nothing else, all the teenagers will go and watch Jacob Elordi just being fucking gorgeous on film. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll get to that tomorrow. That'll be next week's episode. Yeah. I I, I predict you will. This yeah. will, if anything's going to bump Thanksgiving out of your top best of the year list. <laughs> I'm keen for that. All right. Well, speaking of uh, episodes in the future, it's our sixth birthday. We, you know, as a show have been evolving, particularly since Dave has come on and we've been doing some different kind of things. So, you know, a little bit of announcement. Going forward, our bonus series, Hunt for the Perfect Album, which is over on Patreon. We're like 20 episodes in now. Uh, pretty soon we're going to start rolling that out on the main feed. So Thursday will still you be... lucky fucks. <laughs> so Thursday will still be <coughs> We Watched a Thing, and that'll be the movie show. You know, it'll be whatever it is, whether it's actually what it says on the tin, We Watch a Thing, or whether it's a countdown of some kind. or a chameleon of a show. Maybe it'll be movie news. Who knows? We'll do what we want with that. And then Mondays will be the hunt for the perfect album. So patrons will stay getting that, you know, a good 20 weeks in advance. Uh, and we're also going to start doing some fun stuff, interviewing some people, musicians and artists and record very, label owners. Very, very exciting stuff. So coming. that's going to be genuinely fun. can't quite believe yeah. it. But. And, and as well <laughs> as that, we've, we've been having a hell of a good time doing uh, the mixtape, the playlist um, show. So I don't know. I've, we'll got throw some, that I've, up. I've got some good ideas for, for, for new shows. So we're not sure what's going to happen with that, whether that'll maybe be a monthly thing or a fortnightly thing or how we're going to structure that. But basically we just love doing this. So more content is yeah. more fun for us. Than we, w- we will be you. cramming wonderful <laughs> stuff down your ear holes, whether you like it or not. Well, Speaking of cramming wonderful stuff down people's ear holes, this week for the listener feedback, I I simply posted that it's our anniversary. Uh, good thing too, because I had said we were talking Thanksgiving. <laughs> you didn't end up seeing that. <laughs> so, all right, here we go. Here are some wonderful people who have given us some messages. I said that we were going to you know, look at this. Ask so me I anything no if people coming. want to ask us questions. Patron of the show and absolute legend Josh Raglan says, where do you fellas shop for your underpants and are you boxers or briefs kind of guys? And happy anniversary. <laughs> keep up the great work. I don't know about you, Dave. I desperately need some new undies. I'm, I'm purely boxers, but they almost all have holes in them. <laughs> uh, see, I, I 
am a sucker for marketing, even though I'm a marketer, so you'd think I'd know better. <laughs> so when the countdown was sponsored by Manscaped, I got on board and I have lots of very super comfy <laughs> um, boxes as a result of that. So I can I can recommend I, the Manscaped I, 2.0 boxes. They're, yeah, they're yeah, very yeah. Comfy. I bought I bought three of those that have the the jewel pouch in them. <laughs> yeah. How have yeah. you put holes in them already? I've put holes in them. I put holes you, in what everything. What are you packing mate? down there, man? <laughs> oh, mate, it's a big one. <laughs> <laughs> so I desperately need some new undies. So maybe I should hop back on the Manscaped website. Uh, another absolute legend and another patron. One of, one of our oldest patrons of the show, actually, Mel uh, Mel Pearson, who Topher and I met when we went to interview Hamish and Andy. And she oh, was... Oh, that's going back. She was also there interviewing them for her... I, I want to say it was like her daycare newsletter or something. They did this thing where they oh. kind of... They opened it up to, you know, smaller publications to have them on it as like a press junket. And uh, Mel started listening to us then and, and has been a patron ever since. She said, praise and criticism. I love you, Mel. I love, love, love the pod, even when you have wrong opinions. Question, <laughs> what's each of your favorite you. things the other person has made you watch? Concern, it's pouring rain and I'm moving house today. The forecast said chance of light showers. So, of course, it's pissed down for the last three hours. <laughs> yes, Mel, I had the same problem last week. I had, we don't have a, an electric dryer anymore. We do all of our drying outside or, as Dave can see me, on racks behind me in the recording studio. <laughs> here. Uh, yeah, the rain sucked. All right, favorite thing the other person has made you watch? I have an easy answer for this. It was before you were a co-host of the show when you were I a patron. I was going to say, uh, the, the, do you want to guess the, what it is? The first well, it's, it, surely it's the origin of the B Dizzle's big call. Night of the Hunter. Yes, it is. Yeah. I forgot that that's, that was the first use of the big call. Fucking great movie. I love that movie. It's one of the best movies I've ever seen, and I don't think I ever would have watched it if you hadn't made me. So there we go. Uh, do you have an answer? Is there a favorite thing that I've made you watch? I don't feel like I tend to make you as watch as much stuff. <laughs> oh, we've had a fair bit. Uh, she with the, with the hidden gems as well. Yeah, no, does she, she doesn't specify movies. She or? doesn't, so it could be a TV show. Oh, in that case, it's got to be catastrophe. Really, not Nathan for with, you. With it- <laughs> <laughs> that yeah, makes no, sense. without a doubt, cat- catastrophe. That's a that is a five out of five phenomenal show, yeah. and uh, you know, uh, well, both. I mean, that and and. Bad sisters, but yeah, catastrophe. It has to be catastrophe. Nice. John Amenta from the Pint Podcast, another absolute legend, said, no questions, just praise. You guys are awesome and make it sound effortless to put it together. Great episodes, super consistently. I greatly enjoy your conversations and look forward to the next we watched as soon as I finish the most current. Keep it up and thank you for all the entertainment. Well, thank you, John. That's so sweet. <laughs> John's a great guy. Yeah, he's a lovely human. Uh, speaking of great guys, Paul Brazula from the Countdown, absolute champion. We nah, had the pleasure. Of, <laughs> we had the pleasure of meeting up with him for a few beers and burgers a couple yeah, of weeks we back, and he's just a great yep. guy. So, congrats on six years, beaters, and well done on your first year, Dave. It's always a good moment when a new We Watch a Thing ep drops into my feed, as yours is one of the best review podcasts out there. It's kind of like second in counting down lists, but I have every faith we'll get to the top eventually. Thanks for all your hard work. Some version of this is my favorite question to ask review podcast, so I see no reason to alter it now. Now, what is the worst take your co-host has had in the last year of podcasting? <laughs> I mean, uh, I it, it's got to be nine out of ten for fast ten. Oh fuck you! No, pure fucking insanity. Your worst and take is not enjoying fast ten. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say it was having your highness as a hidden gem. Oh my god, that movie <laughs> underappreciated. <sucked> <laughs> You've had lots of bad takes, mate. <laughs> 
Oh, mate. All right. Uh, David Powell said, bring back Topher, the new guy sucks. <laughs> favorite, True that. Favorite comment. Over on Twitter, Jason from the Binge Movies podcast, who, again, is an absolute legend. He just has a question for you. He wants to know, why is Dizzle such a sweetheart? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he's dipped in honey every day by news. <laughs> but thank you, everybody. Thank you for listening for the last six years. Thank you for just being absolute legends and for putting up with my shenanigans and, and for continuing to support Dave and I. We have a blast doing this every week. It's literally one of my favorite parts yeah, we of the do. week is just sitting down and recording. So yeah. thank you all. Completely. In the meantime, if you want to get in touch with us, you can do that at wewatchthething.com or wewatchthething at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and X, all under the handle at wewatchthething. If you want to help support the show, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash wewatchthething, and we'll catch you next week. Yeah, we will. Okay.